Talk Live. And it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Is Ian here with you? And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. That's the place to go. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us, including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list. You can get on it by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents, like setting up a corporation or limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. We're talking about an article dedicated or directed towards young people, high school students uh, in particular. It's written by Bart Frazier at the Future of Freedom Foundation. And I think a good question to ask, and by by the way, apologies to our stream listeners. Started the stream a little late tonight and the recording. Uh, So apologies to the podcast listeners as well. Everybody gets an apology. Anyway, I just feel awful for those guys. Anyway, uh, so we're talking about the uh, young people of America and how to bring them into the fold of the liberty movement. And I think that uh, Bart Frazier here is on target when he addresses the war on drugs as the very first issue in his letter, you know, an open letter to high school students as to why they should pay attention to government. I think it's a great wedge issue. Uh, it's the, I think it's the, one of the most obvious issues to get kids to, to understand how government is forced, especially young people who not only have they, have they encountered their friends offering, for instance, marijuana to them, but they've also maybe encountered some of their friends already being arrested and being harassed by the police. Certainly they have to, uh, if, if they're involved in marijuana, they have to skitter around uh, in the dark and um, conduct their business without getting caught. Right. Now, that can be exciting and sexy to some extent. Right. And I would say that's a problem. But that's also risky and dangerous, and no one really wants to do all that skittering around. It's, it's kind of scary. Yeah. And so I guess I'm curious, what was it, if you were brought into the liberty movement as a young person under the age of 20, what was the issue that made you, you know, got you interested? What was that issue that tantalized you to to learn more, to find out, hmm, when you sort of realized maybe this government thing wasn't all it was cracked up to be? Or something that made you realize that, hey, that's wrong. You shouldn't be putting my friend in jail or having a joint. He's never hurt anybody. What was it for you? 800-259-9231. Because he addresses a couple more issues here in his article. But we were talking about the war on drugs and how that was my issue when I was 16 and my friends came to me and they we were talking. We had lunch every single day and there was quite a process where I was offered marijuana and told about how it completely benign and it didn't harm them and and i'm not saying that it's good to smoke things here i'm not saying that at all i think that's that's pretty obvious whether it's marijuana smoke or cigarette smoke or smoke from a fire that you're putting in your lungs it's probably not going to be good for you but as far as just rebutting the lies that were told in government's dare class it took them a while to work on me i didn't just jump right in the, the first day we talked about marijuana and agree to smoke it uh, I don't remember how long it took, but it was several weeks before I actually came around and, and shook off my uh, my D.A.R.E. programming and decided to, to go for it and give it a try. And so that's that's what began uh, leading me down the path towards liberty. I don't remember exactly what direction I went in next, 
but for there was some way that I connected marijuana with the Libertarian Party, and that's how I started learning more. Well, um, marijuana was not by any stretch of the imagination something that brought me into the liberty movement. I was, you know, probably 23, 24, and I sort of believed the Republican message. Uh, smaller government is better. Uh, taxes, you know, you shouldn't have to pay so many taxes. You shouldn't have to support people that don't support themselves, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the more I read about smaller government, the more I understood that small government works. Or, you know, the smaller the government, the better it is. That's true. So, well... I just began pairing things off and realizing, well, that's a big bloated government bureaucracy. And when it comes to Republicans, they generally don't believe that about the military. Somehow or another, you put the uh, M-16s in the hands of your bureaucrats, and and they're suddenly efficient. They're brave. (laughs) They're heroes. Well, no, they're just the post office in fatigues. How interesting you bring up the military, because that's the next place that Mr. Frazier goes uh, in his letter to high school students. He says, conscription. The draft is another example of the government's violation of individual rights, and this one could have a profound effect on you. You might not be familiar with the draft, but you should be, because it's a program the government uses to enslave people your age. The draft is the process whereby the government selects people to be part of the military. If your name is selected, you have no choice. You must obey or be punished. If the country is at war at the time you're drafted, you'll likely go through a short training period, and then you'll be sent into battle, most likely in some faraway country. On the battlefield... Right, because we don't fight wars here in America. Right. Not anymore, at least. On the battlefield of whatever country you're sent to, you'll have to kill others in order to survive, and you may die yourself, most likely for, most likely for a cause that's not worth killing or dying for. And if you don't die, you'll know people. Your Who friends yeah. will be killed. In, in front of you, of sometimes. War. Yeah, sometimes. Slavery is one of the most despicable crimes that can be committed against anyone, and forcing a person to fight in an army is among the worst forms of slavery. Not only is the victim's labor stolen, but there's also a good chance he'll die in the process. The draft is one of the most egregious violations of individual rights our country has ever committed. If he were alive, you could ask Daniel Webster, who penned a famous essay entitled On Conscription, which you can easily find on the Internet. The idea that the government would draft you might sound far-fetched to you right now, but it has happened before. Ask your parents about the Vietnam War. They'll certainly know people who were enslaved and perhaps even died as a result of the draft. And ominously for you, there is talk in the air of instituting the draft again to serve in the occupation of Iraq. If you didn't know that, you need to pay more attention to government. In fact, uh, now they're, of course, saber-rattling for the Iran conflict, which they would very much like to get into, and... They probably are going to need a draft in order to pull that one off as well. And I think it's also important to point out to young people that not only can they turn on the draft again, and not only is it just a matter of instituting the draft again, but the gears are already there. The mechanism for the draft is still in existence. Right. It's like a gun cocked and pointed it at your head. Yeah, pretty much. They just have to remove the safety, basically. And that is a piece of legislation that would uh, reinitialize the draft. No, they just have to... um, Is the draft not initialized, then? No, it is not. Okay. The process... The safety's on, but uh, all they have to do is uh, pop the safety and pull the trigger. The process of registering for the draft is on. Uh, That's what the Selective Service System is all about. SSS.gov is their website, and the more you read, the scarier it becomes. And don't think for one moment, if it's, you know, we've got people of all ages listening to this, so if you're a parent of a young person, maybe somebody who's just coming up into high school, and you've got a a female, 
don't think for a moment that your young lady is going to be uh, safe from this new draft. John Kerry is uh, running essentially on one of his planks is national service. No, that's the other John, uh, John Edwards. I'm sorry, did I say John Kerry? But my, I'm sure John Kerry would be fun behind it too. I'm sure he'd vote for it. They're all Democrats, right? Oh, uh, there are plenty of Republicans that'll vote for it as well. They'll be on board for it. There was a tw- like a 12-page article in Time magazine recently about why the draft should come back. Well, um, national service is essentially it's the draft, and if the gar- army doesn't want you, they'll send you off to I don't know work the fields for uh, the Peace Corps, God yeah. knows whatever they'll have you do. Some more bureaucratic job. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Why high schoolers should pay attention to government. Some good uh, good suggestions here, and of course, want to hear from you. What was the issue as a young person, if you were a young person, that brought you into liberty? It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. It's in here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, including the archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, never fear. We've got them all archived for you right there on the front page of the website. An entire year's worth of the show for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. If you, or perhaps someone you know, needs a... It's a primer, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we learned that now. And don't primer. you remember we had this discussion on the show um, months ago, and I said, I think it's primer. And then I think you looked it up and came up with primer. Hell if I know, man. You don't I don't remember, remember doing that. See, I was pretty sure there was primer, but then I, I just couldn't back myself up by looking on it's the internet. It's spelled the same, just pronounced differently. When right. you pronounce it a different way, it means something else. It's weird. In fact, a, a primer is something that you put on an explosive. Yeah. A primer is uh, a book that uh, is given to uh, kids to learn. Gotcha. Anyway, um, I can't remember the emailer's name that uh, told us that. but Someone awfully nice. Thanks. All right. If you or perhaps someone you know needs a primer on some of the subjects that we talk about on Free Talk Live, you should check out the Liberty Radio Underground. It's an elementary introduction Apparently to... Apparently Liber- we need a primer on English. I, I was sure <laughs> I knew it, and then I, I got scared off for some reason or another. It's an elementary introduction to libertarianism. Each show concisely handles a single topic in under 10 minutes. It's great for someone new to Liberty. Go to libertyradiounderground.com today and grab a new episode. libertyradiounderground.com 1-800-259-9231. What was the issue for you? If you were a young person, and, and a lot of our audience, especially on the Internet, is made up of younger people. So if you were a young person, particularly a high school student, but if you're older, you can tell us your story anyway. What was the issue? Was there one particular issue that brought you into the fold of the Liberty Movement? If so, what was it? How did it happen? Tell us your story at 800-259-9231. In the meantime, we continue with an open letter to high school students, Why You Should Pay Attention to Government, from Bart Fraser at the Future of Freedom Foundation. He's just running down a, a couple of issues that he thinks might resonate with young people in America. The third one, he's already touched on the drug war and conscription. The third one is welfare. Third, contrary to what your teachers might have taught you, government welfare is not charity. It is theft. Social Security is not the warm and fuzzy charitable retirement program you've been led to believe that it is. It is instead a scheme that enables the government to take money by force from one group of people, i.e. the young and productive, most of whom are struggling to start families, in order to give it to a group of elderly people, many of whom have plenty of money saved up after decades of work. 
Let's suppose you're hungry, but you have no lunch money. In order to buy lunch, you beat up a middle schooler and take his pocket change to feed yourself. I know all of you would agree this would be wrong. Theft is always wrong, no matter what the intention is, and no matter how hungry you are. Yet, this is exactly what government does with Social Security, when it takes the wages of the working to give it to the elderly. The only difference is that instead of beating you up, they use the IRS to take your money. If you don't pay your taxes to the IRS, government agents might not beat you up, but they will send you to jail. How can it be And right? they might just beat you up. Yeah, it depends. Depends on how badly you want to go to jail, I guess. If you want to go to jail, then they won't beat you up. You'll just put your hands voluntarily into those handcuffs. How can it be right for the government to take one person's money and give it to someone else, especially when it's clearly so wrong for anyone else to do so? Is government special somehow? Are the people in government better people than you? Do they have inherently more rights than you do? Of course not! Many people are... are uh, their family members are government people. They know exactly how fallible and how wrong and how, well, regular people government people are. So they don't have any special ability to take things without asking for them, but they do it anyway. Hmm. He goes on. No matter how well informed, the government cannot morally take from one person what's rightfully his and transfer it to another person. Charity exists only when a person voluntarily gives his money or time to help someone else out. The only moral way to help the elderly, sick, and poor is to freely give your time or money. Good examples abound, such as the work your church or local soup kitchen does. Social Security and all other government programs that transfer money from one person to another are legalized theft and should be abolished. Americans lived without these welfare theft programs for more than 125 years. Our ancestors believed in voluntary charity, not coerced welfare. And if you didn't know that, you should pay more attention to government. Finally, gun control. He says gun control is another issue that most young people just don't understand, because they've been taught that guns are dangerous and responsible for the deaths of countless persons every year. And it is true that guns are dangerous, but people are responsible for the deaths of those they shoot, not the guns that they use. Guns are only tools, and they're dangerous only in the hands of dangerous or careless people. Keep in mind that every person has a natural right to defend himself, even with a gun, as long as he doesn't violate the rights of others in the process. I'm sure you've heard of the Second Amendment to the Constitution. It guarantees the natural right we all have to keep and bear arms. In other words, the government isn't legally permitted to do anything to take our guns away. When the Constitution was written in 1787, why would the authors want to make sure we could keep all, all of our guns? Your civics teacher will probably never tell you this, but the reason is so we could defend ourselves against our own government, should the need ever arise. Now, does this sound crazy to you? If so, listen to what Thomas Jefferson had to say about gun ownership. Quote, What country can preserve its liberties if its rulers are not warned from time to time that the people preserve the spirit of resistance? Let them take arms. Unquote. Those are, the, are not the words of some wacko, but rather of the man who wrote the Declaration of Independence. You should be extremely outraged at any politician who favors the idea of gun control, though it seems like a small and meaningless act, taking away guns from the citizens of a country is one of the first steps that dictators take to rule their countries with iron fists. They Every know, time. Yep, they know that once the people have been disarmed, there's nothing they can do to stop the government from violating individual rights. As long as citizens are armed, politicians will always think twice about doing very bad things to their own people. If you didn't know why the Founding Fathers wanted you to own guns, you should pay more attention to government. There are many more examples of the abuses we suffer at the hands of government, but as long as you learn this one lesson, that government 
is the biggest threat to the freedom of its citizenry, then you're well on the way to becoming an educated citizen and a patriot. Who, who can take freedom from you but the government? Really? I suppose somebody could capture you and throw you in the back of a, a white panel van. That, that would no be kidnapping. But if the cops put you in the back of their little van, <laughs> it's just a rest. Yep. There are no parting words more appropriate with which I could leave you than these words attributed to George Washington. And it's funny because you already read this one, I think. Uh, government is not reason. It's not eloquence. It is force. Like fire, it's a dangerous servant and a fearful master. Oh, no, you were reading that to me off the air, weren't I you? I was. It was in an email you were writing. Anyway, uh, Bart Fraser from the Future of Freedom Foundation. You know, they're, uh, the young people of America are really... They're really it's exciting to me that, to see them getting involved in the process of of changing things because that's really where the change is going to happen. I, and I'm not, I'm not saying that older people should be ignored. They shouldn't. They should be recruited and talked to and persuaded uh, to join the pro-liberty side just as anyone else should. But I really feel like the key to spreading liberty and the key to spreading this message is the young people of America. I feel like they, they haven't been indoctrinated for... Quite as, as long. Quite as long. And, uh, and so, therefore, it may be easy for them to break the chains, if you will, uh, that have been wrapped around them. They're, they're a little bit younger. They're a little bit uh, more likely because when you're young, you can learn better, I think they say. So that's really an important place to focus attention. If you're involved in any sort of pro-liberty activism, whether it be supporting Ron Paul for, uh, for president or working with the Republican Liberty Caucus or the Libertarian Party, the Democratic Freedom Caucus, whatever it is you're doing, don't ignore the young people of America. Do whatever you can to foster good relationships with them. To, uh, to for instance, to when I was in the, the when I was involved with the Libertarian Party, some of my most rewarding times, because I did a lot of activism for them. But some of the most rewarding activism I'd done was going and speaking to classes of high school seniors. When did you do this? I don't remember these stories. Yeah, I did it at least twice, if not three times. I happened to know somebody who was a, high sc- a history teacher for mm-hmm. a government high school, and she was a, also a, a, a liberty-minded person. And so she, invi- she invited me to, uh, to come speak in her class. Of, of course I said yes. You know, I, wasn't a pub- I wasn't a trained public speaker, but since I was talking about something I believed in, it wasn't hard at all. Was it done um, when you know, they would bring Democrats and Republicans in? And so, therefore, you got uh, an opportunity to speak at that time? I'm not sure if the Democrats or Republicans were brought in. I know they were, they were covering political parties at that time, I think, and so it was a perfect opportunity to bring me in. But if you want the, to generate those opportunities for yourself, all you have to do is ask. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Single CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask that you become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And all we're asking for is as little as 3 bucks a month. Now, remember, we're just asking you. You can enjoy all the features on the website for free. But once you decide that it's actually worth something, then pony up. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up, and uh, you'll get a few perks as well. There's the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum and chat room uh, as well for you. But AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and the idea is... 
as we take that money in, it doesn't go to paychecks. It goes right back out into promoting the show, to getting Free Talk Live on more radio stations and advertising the show uh, to, uh, to to more program directors and general managers around the country so more people can hear the message of freedom and liberty. So that's valuable to you. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and get started on the AMP program today. That's amp.freetalklive.com as we go to the phones to Tam in North Carolina. Tam, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Tam. Tam in North Carolina. Hello? All right. Is your name Tam? Are we ready? Is this Tam? Uh, The way I got started on it was uh, the first Republican debate when uh, uh, Ron Paul spoke and uh, Rudy Giuliani put him down. And then uh, what really got me me sparked up was when Sean Hannity uh, really mistreated him at at the end of the thing. So it's very recent for you. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, right when the first Republican debate, I mean, I just was oblivious to all of this, to be mm. honest with you. I Very mean, totally. I, I didn't even know the Federal Reserve wasn't the government. I, You know, I, it's amazing that you've come along this path so uh, so quickly. You know, I, I wondered whether people would be – some people would, would find, uh, you know, what happened with Ron Paul and Giuliani to be despicable and sort of start looking into him a little more. And I so guess is that what happened? happened? Did you did you go to Ron Paul's website, and how did that branch off into the larger libertari- uh, the larger liberty movement for you? Uh, oh well, well I'm a computer tech by trade, so uh. I'm I'm very familiar with the web, and uh, so I, I I did a Google on it, and then I ended up with the videos, and then that led to I was interested in the Federal Reserve thing because I've seen a Ron Paul Federal Reserve video, so I watched the one by Bill Steele, I and. Then that led me to, uh, like, Alex Jones and stuff like that. And then that led me to the uh, the Internet radio broadcast, which I had never listened to. Right. And, and then that led me to the GCN uh, network. Which yeah, I listened and then to you found the Free Talk Live. This, was, this has been a quite a whirlwind summer for you then, I guess. I did a lot of research. Were you involved in uh, Were you involved in uh, in politics prior to watching the uh, the the debate, or was or was are you relatively new to that as well? Well, uh, basically, I mean, you know, I would, you know, whatever candidate I kind of liked, you know, I voted for him. You know. So and were you a party? Really, po- were you a party politics guy, or were you somebody who was I'm just for the Republicans, or I'm just for the Democrats, that kind of person, or were you just 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 for the Republicans? Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interesting. And, uh, Ron Paul really, really started the whole thing for me and really has uh, woke me up to a lot of things. As, when you were sitting there watching that debate and hearing Ron Paul actually being different from the other candidates on the stage, how obvious was it to you at first? Did it take a few minutes to sink in, or was it immediate that you could tell that, huh, there's something different about this Ron Paul guy? It, it was immediate, and I'll tell you exactly what it was. I, I just knew he was honest mm-hmm. that that was the whole thing and uh then it, the way sean hannity did him at the end of that you know because i was a fox news guy let me tell you yeah uh, that's all i watched and uh so i really didn't understand how swayed the media was either right. see? and I, I just when sean hannity did i said something's not right there yeah i remember you know? watching and, that interview where he was just talking right over top of ron paul and being very very rude he, he he's extremely rude, especially you know. Here's this guy. He's, he comes across as very honest, and he's a nice guy. 
and he's a lot older than he is, and I thought it was very disrespectful for what he did. And then he did the same thing again the other night. Well, last, the, uh, last week's debate was even worse as far as Hannity was concerned because he is in total denial about how his own, uh, his own network's polling system works. He thinks it can be scammed, and it can't. Um, At least not the way he suggested it's, it. It's one vote per cell phone, and he's just either a dumb or completely dishonest. Uh, one well, or the other. I, I, think it's, I think it's dishonesty because, you know, they... And, you know, I got wise to, you know, I heard them say this many times uh, on Fox News. They say, uh, some people say, you know, but they never say who says what. So really they got, and you know, the way they do it, they sway people that way. And yep. and if you don't know any better, you believe what they're saying. Right. If you don't take it in your own volition to check their claims, then, yeah, you are going to buy into everything that they say. And as you say, you used to be a Fox News guy, and now you're looking on the Internet, and you found uh, more interesting and varied sources. Of course, you should continue being skeptical. You should continue questioning the things you come across online. Uh, but nonetheless, I think you're uh, you're going down a much healthier road at this point. And, uh, Tim, it's great having you on the program. We appreciate your call. Thank you for the story. If, uh, if you would like to share yours as well, you don't have to be a high schooler. We started out talking about why high schoolers should pay attention to the government. Uh, but what was your what's your story as to how you were brought into the fold of the libertarian or the pro-liberty movement not necessarily libertarian that's just sort of a general term for the direction we're going in and i thought that was fascinating i i've never heard of things happening so quickly yeah that that guy uh, heard the d- debate i guess it was one of the first republican the first republican debate and, on fox uh, but he was just uh, enamored by what ron paul says uh, said and then uh, when sean hannity went after him he, he just didn't think that was right i don't think it's possible at this point right now mark to qualify how effective the ron paul candidacy is going to be for this purpose well um i can introducing you, people to liberty i i don't feel at all bad about the amount of money that i've donated to the campaign at this point right i mean that's an incredible call if there are another 10,000 people like tam out there and i imagine with ron paul's candidacy he's probably touched more than 10,000 people mm-hmm then that's really significant for the future of liberty. That's a guy who's, just like me, was just a lockstep Republican, Mm -hmm. believed what he was told um, as far as the Republicans go, and then he heard the real Republican message coming from Ron Paul, small government, return to the Constitution. It struck a chord. Hey, this is what I wanted my politicians to say. Ron Paul plus the availability of the information on the Internet, because if it weren't for the Internet, Tam would probably still be scratching his head in front of the TV. He'd have forgotten about the whole thing, likely. So it's Ron Paul plus the power of the the uh, the availability of information today. Yeah, that's why we have a winning combination. Mm-hmm. Let's continue with the phone calls. Jason is in California. Jason, you're on Free Talk Live, listening to KCAA. Uh, hello there. How you doing? What's Good. on your mind? Well, I just wanted to say that the way I found out about uh, Liberty is because being a hip hop musician, I'm always digging in record crates and uh, happen to stumble upon. Uh, Myron Fagan, CFR Records. What is that? Back, back when I was in high school. Um, it's, it's, it's basically uh, breaks down uh, the Council on Foreign Relations uh, involvement in various things such as uh, Vietnam and stuff like that. Hmm. And uh, Now the CFR, I, we don't talk about them a lot on this show, but as I understand it, it's, it's sort of a group of uh, uh, power elites uh, that sit around and plot the future of uh, what the, foreign relations, the yeah. government's going to do with, uh, around the world as far as wars and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then uh, what I was going to say is uh, that kind of coalesced with uh, seeing a program uh, from the local chapter of Normal mm-hmm. ran by a uh, local libertarian, Gene Berkman, and. uh Happened to go down to his uh, bookstore and uh, 
it kind of turned me on to a lot of uh, different ideas that I wasn't getting uh, from my high school teachers. Excellent. So you were in high school at that time then? When you oh, yeah, definitely. That. Definitely. Now, did you, um, did you, once you, you started to wrap your mind around all this, did you try to, I guess, bring some of your friends into the fold, and were you successful at that? Uh, yeah, definitely. I've also tried to uh, incorporate a liberty message in my music, especially since after the 9-11 situation has happened. Fantastic. Now, uh, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. Are you a black man? No, I'm not. You're not? I'm a Hispanic. Okay. Well, either way, hip hop. Either way, mm-hmm. um, have you found that the uh, the pro liberty message is actually it's pretty uh, it's pretty powerful and resonates well with people in the uh, the Hispanic community? Uh, actually, definitely. I think uh, throughout all of uh, hip hop culture, which is a uh, cross genre, cross uh, cultural uh, phenomenon that's sure. worldwide. Sure. It's also a resistance culture. Uh, not really the music that you see portrayed by the major media conglomerates, but uh. It's always been an underground uh, viral phenomenon. I think it's fantastic uh, that you're out there making hip-hop music with a, uh, a pro-liberty theme as opposed to, what you, like you're saying, the typical record label themes of uh, gangsters and hoes and, uh, and you know, violence, that sort of thing. Well, uh, I mean, if you follow the money, it just leads up to uh, bigger gangsters and hoes. So. <laughs> yep. Well said. <laughs> We're glad you're out there listening, and keep up the good work, sir. Uh, Thank you for the story. 800-259-9231. He's calling from a station that is uh, hopefully going to come on with us officially here in a few days. He should go to our BBS at bbs.freetalklive.com. Put a little bit of his music on there so uh, some of our listeners might be able to listen to it on the Internet. That is an excellent idea. I'm just full of excellent ideas. Free plugs for you here on Free Talk Live. Not on the air, but on our website. That's fine. More on the way. Hour two's coming up. You could take control of the airwaves. What happens when you wave at your daughter? Well, we'll find out. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231. As we launch into hour number two of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. Let's go right into the phone calls to start things out. It's William in Tennessee on the amplifier line. Hello, William. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. What's on your mind? Um, I, was, uh, talk- I was trying to get in touch with my brother-in-law for him to call in. He's uh, 16 years old and a uh, high school student. And uh, at his school, the uh, coaches teach classes like history and economics. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I had coaches as uh, teachers also. That I remember uh, Coach Turner taught algebra. Yeah, and uh, it, it, so it's uh, history – class is kind of like a joke at this high school mm-hmm. and he knew that i followed history quite a bit and started asking me questions and i took that opportunity to turn him on to uh your program and um a few other uh liberty-minded websites and uh and uh that's just a really great opportunity especially if uh, a lot of liberty-minded people are uh history buffs as well um absolutely uh, kind of evangelize the cause uh, is to uh, uh, tutor someone. 
Sure, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, in fact, I know that a lot of our listeners are also fans of Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. In fact, he was doing really well on the podcast charts this, this month, the last time I looked. Yeah, I just uh, listened to one about uh, Alexander the Great and the uh, power vacuum that came afterwards. It was fantastic. So there's a lot of really interesting history out there. Unfortunately, most of it isn't to be found in government high school classrooms. So I think it's great that you're encouraging him to, uh, to, indel- to delve into that outside of the schoolroom. And I think that's going to go a long way towards uh, towards helping him out. How long has he been sort of independently studying these things now? Oh, um, he he's never independently studied anything else before in his life, I don't think. Hmm. Um, and uh, this has been going on for uh, maybe six months since last last uh, spring semester, I guess. Great. And how old is he? In high school, he's uh, sixteen. Okay, great. So he's moving right along. Then everything uh, going going smoothly, I presume. Uh, oh yeah, he he loves it, and he he finally uh, he finally knows that there was a purpose for government once that wasn't to control people. Very good, William. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I like how he says that he loves it, and it's it's actually possible to love learning once you want to learn. Yeah. And the government school system manages to just knock out any sort of desire for learning from from young people. Until hopefully it can be rekindled. In this case, uh, William was able to uh, rekindle that fire in his brother. Well, the things that you manage to go out and find on your own uh, are so much more valuable than those that are shut down your throat in right. government high school. And it's easy to love the message of liberty because it's so empowering. Finally, you feel like, you, I mean, you've always been in control of your life, but now you want more control over your life. As soon as you come across the, the liberty message, you, un, you can understand the various different ways that you've, you don't have control over your life, the various different ways that government uh, deems to decide things for you. And, uh, you know, oh, we'll handle deciding where you should send your kids. Oh, no, we'll handle taking care of your retirement. No, I, I'd rather have that all be in my camp. Thanks very much. I, I can take care of myself. <laughs> And so it's, it's a very empowering thing. Instead of saying, oh, just leave it up to government, government will take care of it for you. And then, of course, you find out later on down the line that they didn't do such a great job. In fact, if you collect Social Security, if you, you know, you're lucky to live that long, then you'll find out that you don't really get that much out of Social Security. And people like me, people my age and younger, they might not even get Social Security if, if they do make it that long. If we long. do get Social Security... It'll probably be enough to buy food for the dog. Right. So when it, you know, when government, the realization of government inefficiency and government stupidity finally comes crashing down later on in life, whether it be Social Security or whether it be the victims of some disaster like a, a hurricane like Katrina, discovering that this government that they've paid in huge chunks of their paychecks to can't even handle bringing water to them correctly. It's much better to have that realization while you aren't about to starve to death or while you aren't about to die as a result of government incompetence. So better to have that um, epiphany now rather than later. Very empowering. 800-259-9231. We were asking last hour for people's personal stories as to how they discovered liberty. You're welcome to share those with us or bring up anything. But I said that we were going to find out what happens when you wave to your daughter. Now you think... When you wave to your daughter, she's going to wave back, right? One would think. And that might have indeed happened here. But what we're discussing is a story from Great Britain. The Daily Mail, or rather the uh, Mail on Sunday, excuse me, is talking about a man named Mark Harris. Every day, there's some reminder of what Mark Harris calls the lost years. Denied access to his three children after his divorce, Mark was jailed for standing outside of his house to wave to them. 
It took 10 years and 133 hearings before they were finally reunited. How can the government insist that cases like his are kept secret? It could be his daughter's reference to a particular birthday party or family holiday. It could be talk of exams on Saturday. Dentists visited... Uh, dentist visited or pop stars worshipped. Each time it happens, he feels a stab of regret. I miss so much, he reveals, with understandable bitterness. They took my daughter's childhood, her formative years from me. Lisa is 20 now, and I didn't see her between the ages of 10 and 16. An awful lot happens in a child's life at that time, and I missed it all. Lisa missed a lot, too. She sits by Mark's side as he talks, a beautiful and assured young woman, but no one, uh, but one, still coming to terms with the fact that her father simply wasn't there when she needed him, and for an entire decade, she didn't know why. She says, there were times when I needed a father figure for reassurance and advice, and there just wasn't one there. But the story of what happened to the, uh, the Harris family isn't just another tragic case of broken homes and estrangement. Mark, Lisa, and her two younger sisters were wrenched apart by the state. Mark was not a feckless, irresponsible father. He didn't walk out of his children's lives. Rather, he was ordered out by the family's courts, or by the family courts, and when he objected, insisting it was his right to see his kids, he was dealt with in a scandalous way. Mark Harris, he went to prison for his girls. He was jailed for waving at them after a court order demanded that he sever all contact. Apparently, according to these bureaucrats, waving is considered contact. Hmm. It was the most shameful chapter in an extraordinary 10-year custody battle. Today, he has won. Two of his daughters live with him, only because they shared their father's determination to reestablish their relationship. He's lived every father's worst nightmare, and every miserable, miserable step is etched on his face. Quote, it took 10 years, 133 court appearances before 33 different judges, two prison sentences, and a hunger strike before I was given permission to be with my daughters again. What happened to my family is unforgivable, and that it was all sanctioned, ordered by a system that is supposed to help families is outrageous. We talked last week about the Department of Children and Families right here in the United States. Things aren't very different across the pond. Mm. Not different at all. In fact, the controversial court family system has uh, much to answer for in his case. Mr. Harris isn't the first father who's questioned how it operates. Family court proceedings are notoriously secretive. And campaigners have long appealed for the proceedings to be more open and judges more accountable. But that's not to be, however. Last week, the Lord Chancellor ruled the proceedings must remain secret, something that horrifies Mark and his girls. So angry is he about his experiences, he's written a book called Family Court Hell. Surely my story is evidence, evidence enough that the system needs to change. Quote, if it doesn't, the family courts are open to abuse by unaccountable judges and social workers with their own agendas, whose word is taken as law and who almost invariably favor the mother. It's a scandal which has left hundreds of fathers like me in desperation. The only solution is to have a court system that's transparent. Otherwise, it's simply not fair to fathers or, more importantly, the children that it's supposed to protect. See, when Lisa was born in 1988, Mark felt like the happiest man alive. He'd been married to his wife, whom we can't even name now for legal reasons, for three and a half years. And he had longed for fatherhood. Over the next four years, two more daughters followed. He says, I remember thinking how lucky I was because I had a job I could organize around the children. I'm a driving instructor, so my work is flexible. I love the time I spent with Lisa. Not every father could read their children's stories, bathe them, or take them out for walks in the park. Mark thought he had a happy marriage, too. The only difficulty was his strained relationship with his mother-in-law, but it didn't concern him much. Looking back, we rode constantly about my mother-in-law, but I never thought that it would lead to drastic action, he says. Perhaps he'll never know exactly what was wrong with his marriage, but his wife was clearly unhappy. 
One day in 1993, Mark returned from a football match to find the house looking as though it had been ransacked. Almost all the furniture had disappeared, and so too had his wife and children. He had no clue where they had gone. We'll find out what happened here in moments. 800-259-9231. And inevitably, there's probably a few dads or moms in the audience that had their similar CPS horror stories. You're welcome to share them. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go, the features on the site for free. So enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners. The dozens of ladies who sent us their validated photo to prove they listened to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Telling one of many sad stories. This is just one. We're talking about a father and his daughters and, of course, his angry ex-wife. And this is a gentleman who was not a bad man. He was not a deadbeat. He was not a, a drug addict. He was not a loser. He was a hardworking driving instructor. And he had some uh, had two daughters with his wife at uh, one time. And, and then one day he just out of nowhere came back to his house to find out that all his furniture had disappeared and as had his wife and children. And he had no clue where they had gone to. Right. As far as he knew, they could have been kidnapped, and this was the result. He said, I went to the police, and I was beside myself, distraught. They said my wife was in a rented house nearby, but that I shouldn't go around till the next day. When I did, she told me she no longer loved me, but said I could see the children whenever I wanted. I was bereft. I took the children home for a few hours, and they spent the time crying. They were only six, four, and two, and it must have been horrific for them to see their parents like that. They wanted to know when we'd all be at home together again, and I didn't know what to say. I was as shocked and bewildered as they were. Over the next few weeks, Mark stumbled through life in a daze. He saw his girls every day he wasn't working, but his anger toward his wife was building up. Two months after she left, she asked if he would take her back. Mark oh God. was too hurt to contemplate that. Instead, he launched divorce proceedings. At that point, it didn't even occur to me that access to the children would be an issue. I was granted unrestricted access at that time, but later I discovered that even my wife was seeing a solicitor, which is a lawyer, with a view to having my time with them reduced. She said it was confusing for them to see me. The family court agreed, and his access was reduced to three times a week, then to once a week, and finally to once a fortnight. Mark was, every two weeks. was stunned to discover he was powerless to resist. I petitioned the judge every time, but there was nothing I could do, he says. A year after they'd separated, the couple divorced. Again, Mark made a bid to see more of his girls and asked the court if he could live with them. His wife retaliated, claiming that seeing him was at all was, upset, uh, was unsettling them. The court's reaction? It banned him from any contact at all with his daughters. Mm. He says, I was just floored, disgusted. On my wife's word, the judge simply severed all of my rights of access. When I protested, no one listened. I was devastated, but there was no way I was going to turn my back on my children. How could a court order stop me from being a father? Every morning, while he waited for a court date to argue against this judgment, Mark saw his children being driven past his house to school by their mother. He would wave, angry that he couldn't say hello, but grateful for their smiles. So he waved from his house. That is correct. As they drove by, they dro- uh, and, and and his wife drove by uh, her house that she had lived in at one point, mm-hmm. and um, he was supposed to what hide behind the couch? 
Supposed to pretend like he didn't know them, I, I presume. Dear God. Of course, they didn't tell him that. They didn't say you couldn't wait. You can't wave to your daughters if you happen to see them. You just you can't contact them. But apparently, waving, waving is, is contact. contacting, especially when they're brought right in front of your uh, your vision. Then his former wife was granted an injunction, stopping him even gesturing to his children as they passed. He says it was incredible. She said it was harassment, and the court believed her. But I carried on waving. I was looking for a job, and I'd walk to the job center every morning, knowing how to time it so they would come past. I was damned if I was going to be prevented from waving at my own children. Naively, maybe, I assumed the whole business would be cleared up at the next court hearing. But it wasn't. Instead, Mark left that courtroom in handcuffs, sentenced to four months, having been told that waving was tantamount to stalking his ex. He couldn't believe what was happening. He says, on my first night in jail, I shared a cell with a murderer. It was so intimidating. The next few weeks just blurred into one long nightmare. Every waking hour, I pined for my girls, wondering if I would ever see them again. When I got out, the nightmare continued. It took another year for me to convince the courts I should be allowed to see them at all. Life was an endless round of court hearings. It was a wretched existence. Time and again, I'd be facing a new judge and having to retell the story. To me, it was a matter of life and death, but to them, it just seemed I was another pushy, undeserving father who was trying to interfere in his former wife's life. I was so messed up by it all that I had a vasectomy to ensure I couldn't find myself in that position again. Don't blame him for that one. Finally, five years after the separation, Mark was granted permission to see his daughters. And he was excited about the planned date, but devastated when Lisa didn't turn up. By then, I was livid at the system. It was destroying my life, he says. I know it was a foolish thing to do, but I started picketing the homes of judges who had denied me contact, hoping they would take pity on me. His protests were to no avail. Instead, in 2001, he was sentenced to ten months in prison for contempt of court for driving past his girl's house to catch a glimpse of them. By then, spiraling into depression, he went on a hunger strike. For two weeks, he refused food and water, and he says, I stopped only when I realized that if I died, I would never see my precious daughters again. Who knows how this desperate fight to be a father would have ended. The government really cares about you and getting food and water, I can tell you. They don't. Uh, who, who knows how this would have ended had Lisa, then 16, not intervened. After a row, which is a, no, I think, British term for a argument. fight, uh, an argument with her mother, she called Mark and told him she and one of her sisters wanted to live with him. He says, I got this call saying they'd packed their bags and were at a bus stop, and would I pick them up? In a breach of all court orders, I got into the car and brought them home. Seeing Lisa again for the first time in six years was incredible. I didn't know how to speak to or look at this young woman before me. She was wearing makeup. She had her six-foot boy, uh, boyfriend in tow. It was surreal, but in the end, we fell into each other's arms and sobbed. It was only then that the family court system even seemed to consider Mark's rights. He called the high court emergency hotline and eventually spoke to a decent, humane judge. Then, ten, or ten minutes after the conversation, he was faxed a temporary residency order. In court the following week, every previous court order was set aside. It took ten minutes to put right and ten years of injustice, which made me realize just what power those judges have, he said. It is incredible. The ruling meant that Lisa and her sisters could choose which parent they lived with. Lisa and her youngest sister, who again can't be named for legal reasons, now live with her, uh, their dad. Lisa is studying to be a legal secretary, and her story is even more poignant. She tells of the confusion that has blighted most of her life. Can you imagine what it would be like with a parent lying to you for your entire life about I, your other parent? You know, um, what were the, the kids, six and eight, is that right? Something like that, yeah. She, she could be telling these little girls anything. They sh um, now, who knows what the situation is, but 
that you have to take this and apply it everywhere to every divorce situation. Mm-hmm. And they can get ugly. Um, the woman, um, you know, can be telling uh, the, the daughters that he cheated on me. He was terrible. He threatened me with a knife. Sure. You, she could say anything. And it's mommy. You believe what, what she says. Well, and you don't have a, and daddy doesn't have a chance to defend himself because he's not, al- not even allowed to wave. Exactly. He went to jail for four months for waving. She's also the confusion that had blighted most of her life, and you can't help but wonder what long-term damage has been inflicted on her and her sisters. Here's what she said. One minute we were normal children, the next we were in a rented house with Dad hammering on the door demanding to be allowed to see us. We were scared. None of it made sense. Sometimes we'd be allowed to see Dad regularly, then there were times with no contact at all. When he disappeared out of our lives, we just thought that he'd stop loving us. I was certain that I had done something wrong. The first time we saw him waving to us as we went to school, I was thrilled. I remember thinking, he still cares. 800-259-9231. All this man wanted to do was show his daughters that he still cared. But the wife wanted nothing to do with him and used the system against him to completely ruin any form of relationship that he could have had. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where the features are free. The bulletin board system's there with over a quarter of a million posts for you to surf around through. There are serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com for free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, Organic wool and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. SavvyRest.com. So we're talking about a story or telling you a story from the Mail on Sunday in the United Kingdom. It's just one of many. Just one very detailed story about one father and one mother and three kids. And how it is that this particular mom... and. There, I'm sure there are stories where the guy gets custody and he is just as manipulative and just as awful as the woman in this particular case. But it does certainly seem to be that these family courts favor the, the female. Nine times out of ten. Uh, for whatever reason. And it's unfortunate because families are torn apart and parents are denied access to their children for reasons that don't even seem to exist. Uh, for fabricated reasons on the part of the other parent. And in this case... It's interesting to see because in this case, this dad was reunited after years, after six, at least six years of not being with his kids. He was reunited with his kids because they called him. They had left their mom's house eventually when they were finally in their teenage years or their later teenage years. They had left their mom's house, called him and asked if they could stay with him. He was violating all kinds of court orders by going and picking them up, but he did anyway, you know, because he cares about his kids. Right. And well, the, he's already shown that he was willing to go to jail. Right, he went to, to jail wave. because he he waved to his children at one point. And so it's interesting because now they're they're interviewing one of the daughters, and she's telling the story from the other side. So you can actually see how manipulative this girl's mother was in this case. Because 
if you've had a good family experience with both mom and dad, and then all of a sudden mom and dad are broken up, and now mom's telling you something that just goes against what you know about your dad, mom's telling you things like dad's a bad man, as you'll hear in a moment here, that's, that's got to be really weird for a young person. Got to be very confusing, mm-hmm. for a, especially for a, you know, a young, young lady or, or somebody who's under the age of 10, even somebody older than that. That's got to be very weird. So, nonetheless, we'll continue what uh, Lisa, the oldest of the daughters, has to say about what things were like in cu- with uh, with her mom having custody. She says that uh, she says that when she saw her dad waving, she had thought before that that uh, he had stopped loving them, and then when he, she saw him waving at them, she she thought that well, he still cares. Every morning, mom would tell us we shouldn't look at him; that he was a bad man. Yet we couldn't help but grin when we saw him. It made our day. It was impossible for Lisa's mother to go a different route. Remember, she was driving past Dad's house on her way to work, and Dad would stand outside and wave to his to his kids. I'm going to have to believe that it was impossible for her, her to go another route, but it just seems so crazy. So he kept uh, kept waving, and that's when the injunction came about that he wasn't even allowed to wave at his own kids. And you've got to wonder, when these kids are... are with mom, and they see dad coming by three times a week, which is what his original restriction was. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden it drops to once a week, and then it drops to once every other week. That's such an easy situation for the mother to say, see, I told you he doesn't love you. When in fact it's actually mom, when the kids don't know what mom's going to do in the court courtroom. They don't know what's going on in there. So mom goes into the courtroom to lobby for dad to have less time. Who knows what she says to the people? Uh, she was saying, th- according to, to uh, the article, she was saying things like, well, ha- seeing him is confusing for them. And the judges agreed, right? Mm-hmm. So therefore they let him see the kids even less. And so that way mom can tell things, tell lies to the kids. Like, oh, well, daddy doesn't love you anymore. See, he's only coming once a week now instead of three times a week. It's very, very manipulative. It, well, it, it certainly it leaves it open to that. I mean, it, it's difficult to say what exactly happened. Well, we can tell you what happened. When her father went to prison, no one bothered to explain to Lisa why. Mom said, she says, you see, I told you he was bad. I was 10 years old. As far as I knew, you had to do something pretty awful to go to prison. She turned against her father, telling social workers she didn't want to see him. Yet with hindsight, she explained she was simply trying to gain control over the horrific situation. So because mom lied... She started to not like her father for mm-hmm. no reason other than that she was lied to. And, of course, that, telling those things to the social workers, that's exactly what the social workers want to hear. They want an excuse to restrict dad from seeing the kids. And children are, um, you know, by their very natures, they have, to, they have to please their parents. And they have to please the people who are in control over them. Dad's not in control anymore. He's not living there. She, the, the child, by its nature, has to please the mother. Who's there? Who's in charge? So... They're going to do things and say things that keep mommy happy. If mommy's not happy, then, then uh, you know, all kinds of bad things can happen to the child. They don't want bad things to happen to them. She says, I'd never forgotten my dad's number. I, o- I know I was only calling him to get back at mom, but when I heard his voice, I wanted to cry. I told him I loved him and that I wanted to see him and everything else just flooded out. The first meeting was hard for as hard for her as it was for him. She says the last time I'd seen him, I'd been ten years old and carrying a skipping rope. When I walked into my old bedroom and saw it as as it was I had left it, I wanted to sob. I didn't dare do so, though, because I knew if I did, I'd never stop. Four years on, Lisa and Mark are only just beginning to rebuild their relationship. Every day, more gaps are filled and more trust regained. Meanwhile, Lisa rarely sees her mother, and she's angry at her mother's behavior. 
It's a desperately sorry story with no real winners. But then, as Lisa points out, it never was supposed to be a contest. She says, I wish to God my parents had avoided the courts from day one and simply shared us, the children they created together. Instead, complete strangers were allowed to get involved in our lives to such an extent that everyone lost sight of the needs of us children. Yeah. She says, I love my parents, both of them, and I always will, but I'll never get my childhood back. It's gone forever. It's a shame that, uh, you know, that sometimes divorces deteriorate to this kind of thing. And um, obviously, the people that are hurt worst here are the children. Yep. Actually, the guy had to spend some time in jail, so he might be have been hurt the worst. But you know, it's, hard to quantify. Yeah, it's really it's really sad. Let's go to the phones. You can take control of the airwaves, whether you want to tell your family court hell story or share whatever you want with us. You can. This is Free Talk Live, and let's talk to David in Michigan. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello, David. Yeah, hello, fellas. How are you doing tonight? What's on your mind, David? Uh, I can pretty much identify with the story that you told, but that's not the reason why I called. Uh, that business there started in the mid-80s with the no-fault divorce, and all of a sudden you had stepmoms and stepdads, and the families ended up being stepped on through the court system. Mm -hmm. I spent something like 22 years up here in Michigan uh, going head-to-head with the... And to me, it's got to be one of the most unchecked judiciary... uh, programs of the criminal justice system. That's the front of the court. There's no one really governing these circuit court judges. Uh, They have a a latitude where they can go anywhere they want to based on just taking a look at you. Hmm. And over here in Michigan, whether you pay child support or not, that does not give you the right to see your children. Hmm. So I can, I know the hurt and the pain that that poor man and those kids went through. You know, it seems it, wrong to me that uh, a court can keep you away from your children if you're paying child support. Yeah, that's awful. I mean, it's it's sort of like taxation without representation. Damn the same right thing we, we uh, fought this revolutionary war over. If I mean, ob- obviously I'm responsible for the children if I uh, you know gave birth to them, that kind of thing, if I was the uh, father of them. But how can they keep me away? I mean, at the very, very, very least, I should be allowed supervised, uh, you know, visitation. Yeah. yeah, as long as you're well, not a child molester or something like that. Oh yeah. Well, see, the thing is, is it? it it's a government. I want to say a side out type deal. But as long as they've got these families torn apart, we really can't pay attention to what's really going on in this country. And in this world, we're too busy. Is my kid all right? Is, is she gonna? Maybe here comes a tornado warning. I mean, they're they're scared. I can't get to. Them. Right, you're I mean, you're all, so busy trying to you know prepare for your next court date. How could you possibly pay attention uh, to to anything else that's going on in the world? It's an excellent point. I know you were calling about something else. So hang on, David. We'll bring it back. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. Again, whether you want to talk about the hell of the family court system here or in some other. Country, or whatever's on your mind. It goes if you make the call. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com, the place to go. The features for free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and place your order at the Free Talk Live store. Go to store.freetalklive.com. You'll find all kinds of great, high-quality Free Talk Live merchandise. We spent the money in order to get the good stuff and put our logo on that. We've got Free Talk Live hats. We've got T-shirts. We've got hoodies. Uh, the only thing we don't have is Free Talk Live panties. But, you know, those might be coming down the line. You never know. Uh, get all the details on the, uh, the great items that we're offering. In fact, there are even some things that don't even have our logo on them because we just think they're cool and we wanted to sell them to you. Head over to store.freetalklive.com and get your shopping done. That's store.freetalklive.com as we go back to David in Michigan. David, you're back on Free Talk Live. Now, what were you originally calling for? Uh, I'm not as, how do I want to put this? Well, you, uh, you fellas are probably aware of the mistaken B-52 bomber that was carrying six nuclear missiles from North Dakota to Louisiana. Louisiana. Right, it was last week. They were put on this B-52 bomber. Are you clear on any of that? Yes, we, uh, we reported on that briefly last week. Okay, well... From my understanding, how in the name of our Lord could nuclear bombs be put on a bomber without having the presidential code drifted in? He is the guy in charge that says this goes here and that goes there. Well, there are not... so many breaches of security that it, I mean. <laughs> They may think we're stupid, but for crying out loud, I mean, you don't have to be a general to figure something is seriously, seriously, devastatingly wrong here. Well, I'm not clear on what the protocol is, but um, it's not they, – they were uh, cruise missiles rather than – Tomahawks, right, as yeah. I recall you saying? Yeah. So, so, I mean – I doubt that the president is micromanaging where all the nuclear weapons are being transferred and from that does, and, and if he is, it doesn't make me feel any safer. Right. Well, here's the thing, too. I don't know. You folks are probably somewhat clear, probably more clear than I am, this rumor of this business of martial law, where the president is really gunning down the pike to put something together to where there's martial law. There's a website that I'm on right now. I'm away from it right now that said if those missiles were getting ready to be taken off that base, and it's been strongly rumored that those missiles were going to be used on selective cities in this country to bring about martial law. Well, that's certainly speculative. I mean, I doubt they have any sort of evidence beyond just their their active imaginations on that one. I mean, I just saw this as a bumbling government story. I didn't see anything necessarily sinister about it. But on the other side, I mean, I do see where you're coming from on the, the martial law theory, and there's... Plenty of evidence that uh, this government is is just ready to crack down in that sort of a way. They've passed, uh, oh gosh, what was it? Was it the military? No, it was the Defense Authorization Act, I think, of 2007. Exactly. Last year, that was passed that pretty much got rid of the posse comitatus uh, concept where back in the 1800s, the government had this rule in place that did not allow the military to be used for policing purposes. Now that's done. Now they can use the military for policing purposes um, at the drop of a hat. Whenever the president's little advisory 
panel says it's time to do this, then that's all they need at this point. There's no act of Congress necessary, no sort of uh, official approval, or no process involved beyond the president looking to his advisors and them saying, okay, it's time. And, uh, and okay. then they can indeed crack down with martial law. Will they drop the, the bond themselves? I don't know. That's paranoid conspiracy theory to me. But well, I just saw I, this as government bumbling. You know, they screw things up all the time. Uh, they okay. meant to load one kind of missile. They, let, they loaded the other kind of missile. But who knows? Well, the point that I'm making is that if, this, if that was that screwed up and those missiles could cause severe damage to our cities, and right, where it could be out there, then something is seriously wrong toting these type of missiles across our airspace. Oh, well, something's wrong. I mean, the idea that government can handle weapons well in the first place. I mean, you remember, the government can't deliver the mail on time. Why would you put destructive bombs and weapons in their hands? They're inevitably going to screw up with those two. Thanks for the call, David. We appreciate it. 800 259 9231. I mean, when they're actually trying to shoot the missiles at places, they don't get that right. You know, they hit the wedding party a couple of years ago in Afghanistan on accident. Whoops! You know, government, they're not so good at anything they try. So why put weapons in their hands? Bad idea. It's bad enough that they misdeliver the mail. You know, it's in the case of death, that's what makes mistakes so much worse. Yeah. Obviously, if you're going to be doing anything, um, you know, FedEx misdelivers packages now and then. Sure. But, but nobody you can get dies. insurance on it, and they don't offer you that at the government. No. If you don't like what the government does, you can stick it. 1-800-259-9231. You're welcome to chime in if you've got an example of government bumbling. Certainly, if you've been a bureaucrat before, I'm sure you've encountered your share of it. And I'd love to have you tell your story. At 1-800-259-9231. On the way in hour number three, we're going to talk about one area of this country that's now looking at banning fast food in its entirety. Not just change the menu. Not just ban trans fats, but banning the actual restaurants. I find this hard to believe, but Mark, you say you've got the story, so we'll talk about that. Uh, but first, we'll talk about a German town. It, according to Reuters, the town council in Germany has decided the best way of improving road safety is to remove all traffic lights and stop signs from downtown. On September 12th, all traffic controls will disappear from the center of the western town of Bumpty. So... No traffic lights and no stop signs? That's as I understand it. Uh, They'll apparently be trying to reduce accidents and make life easier for pedestrians. In an area used by 13,500 cars every day, drivers and pedestrians will enjoy equal right-of-way, says Klaus Gojahan, the town's mayor. Traffic will no longer be dominant, he said. The idea of removing signs to improve road safety, called shared space, was developed by Dutch traffic specialist Hans Monderman and is supported by the European Union. The EU will cover half of the 1.2 million euros that it will cost uh, Bomti to ditch its traffic lights. Motorman's ideas... It costs money to ditch traffic lights? You've got to send the bureaucrats out to take them down. I guess. Motorman's ideas have already... Can't been, just turn them off? You would think, right? But that wouldn't pay the bureaucrats anything. Also, the it contractors. might confuse people. That stop light isn't working. Right. Modderman's ideas have already been implemented in the town of Drochten in the north of the Netherlands, where all stoplights, traffic signs, pavements, and street markings, pavements, <laughs> pavement markings? Right. maybe they mean pavement markings, yeah, uh, and street markings have gone. He says it's been very successful there, said the mayor, adding that accidents in Drochten had been reduced significantly. Officials in Fustenberg Havel, a small town north of Berlin, are also considering adopting the shared space scheme. 
But not everyone is confident it will work. Road specialist I bet they're not. Berlin said it's just because it worked in the Netherlands doesn't necessarily mean it will work here. Now, the theory behind this, I think we've actually talked about this uh, gentleman, Hans Monderman, the guy who came up with the idea. And as I recall, uh, he did a study that found that when you're going around the curve of a cliff, for instance, for instance, you're used to seeing the the bars on the side of the road, right? Mm. The uh, little road blocky things that right. hopefully will prevent you from careening off the cliff. Well, they might give you a little nudge, right? But I think if you really wanted to go across those, oh, uh, you bust the bars, right through. Yeah, you go sure. right through. Uh, and of course, there's all the the yellow signs with the arrows encouraging yes. you to turn. Important and, yellow signs right. with arrows, right? And so they found that by removing those uh, safety signals and that sort of thing, that people traverse the curve much slower and far more carefully. So what they found was that having the safety signals and all of that encouraged people to go a little faster Mm. than they normally would without the safety signals. You know, there's study after study that reveals things like this. For instance, um, people pass, if you're wearing a bicycle helmet, people will pass you more closely than they will if you don't have a bicycle helmet on. Oh, my. So it just goes to show that the safety measures make people a little more lackadaisical. They're, you right. know, oh, he's got a helmet on. If I smash into him, no, he'll be just fine. Yeah. So there's that, and there's, so there's the bike thing, and then there's the study about just the signage in general. I've also heard that people that wear seatbelts drive more recklessly. It's that same sort of mentality. Makes sense. I'm safer, so therefore I can be a little less unsafe with my driving ability, in order to compensate for my extra safety that I've gained here. And, of course, a lot of it isn't really the case. I mean, we've seen story after story about how seatbelts, while they definitely do save lives in accidents, also have been known to, to take some lives. Well, there's a story right now uh, out of Boston where uh, an 18-year-old kid crashed um, into a ditch, and he couldn't get out of his car because of his seatbelt. Oh, no. He was trapped in that car what happened to him? for six days. Whoa. No, it was it three days. Between three and six days, he drank um, water out of his shoe. His car was flipped over, right. so he would use his shoe to get water out, um, you know, oh there and drink goodness. it. And he'd eat the little fish that would uh, come by. Little wow. bitty fish. And no one even knew that he no, was... No, trapped by his seatbelt. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Do you want to pass a law that says to that guy, you've got to wear your seatbelt? I bet he's a, a very anti-seatbelt activist at this point. You can take control of the airwaves. Are they really going to ban fast food restaurants in one particular U.S. city? We'll find out here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching into hour number three of the program, and you, as always, can take control of the airwaves if you choose by dialing in 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. On the way, we will tell you the story from John Stossel at ABC News reporting on fast food restaurants in Los Angeles. Apparently, there might uh, there might very well be a ban on fast food restaurants. We'll talk about why and what's going on and how awful that uh, concept is here in a bit. But we're going to the phones first. And, of course, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Let's first talk to Joe in West Virginia. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. I don't really know where to start. I'm 81 years old. I'm, I'm a Texan. Um, I'm living in West Virginia, but I've had my land taken from me in Texas many years ago mm. without due process. 
uh, and no payment or anything by really? um, the government. Oh, yes, sir. So were they, were they using eminent domain? No, sir. Okay. Didn't do anything. And I never could get get the uh, federal boys in court. I just, they just, you know, they have all the lawyers that they want, and we have to pay for hours. Yep, exactly right. And what, what is really very uh, sad about all this, my husband is a, uh, he's 86 years old. He has Alzheimer's. He's in a rest home here in West Virginia, and he's a retired Navy man. Mm-hmm. So he fought uh, 20 years uh, very valiantly for his for this country. And uh, <clears throat> I've had my grandchildren taken from me uh, here in West Virginia many years ago from a, a very liberal judge, and they were sent three or four states uh, removed from here where he had no jurisdiction because he didn't want his um my son who had two children to um marry some young woman like his uh daughter had done um must be very frustrating so he, for your uh, for your husband to have uh, have what he believed was fighting for freedom and then to discover that these awful things can happen right here in the so-called land of the free Yes, sir, and and we were put in jail in Texas for 15 days. We were really put in for 30 uh, for nope. not standing for um, a judge when he walked in the courtroom. We, Are you uh, kidding me? No, sir, I'm not, and that was on religious. Um, uh, we had religious I have uh, not calls, stood not for a judge in a courtroom before. I guess it's because I was in New Hampshire. and uh, th- oh, No, that was down in Connecticut, actually. Um, but then again, we had 11 people not standing for the judge, so I guess it would have been a little more difficult for them to put 11 people in jail than just two. Was it just you and your well, husband no, that no, didn't no. stand? No, there, no, there were uh, seven of us. They called us the, the sitting seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was a young young boy that they he didn't have to go because he was underage. But uh, and that was for not uh, my ex uh, son-in-law would not uh, pay tribute, which is what uh, driver's licenses and and uh, um, tags for your car mm-hmm. is. You pay tribute to ride to drive down your street. Is what it amounts to. So there were the seven, seven people, and what this what this was the uh, was this the family court trial or what trial were you at at that well, time? Well, well, my my son-in-law wouldn't uh, get a driver's license, nor would he get tags for his oh, okay. car. Okay. And um, uh, then we were uh, my grandchildren were taken from me here in West Virginia, as I said, for not uh, they. And and by but the before way, you go on, I mean this is all just amazing stuff, and and you, it's not that you're the, not the only person this, these terrible things have happened to. But I really want to know about the sitting thing because I find that absolutely fascinating. You know, the idea that judges feel like they're better than everybody else, and they demand that everybody show respect for them by standing when they come into the courtroom. Um, if I don't have any respect for somebody, I'm not going to. I don't like to do it because I've been ordered to. That's not really showing respect. You're just well, doing it because you've been ordered to. And I love the idea of. Not not standing for judges. Bad judges should not be stood up for. They like don't deserve any respect. You, would you like for me to send you the articles? This was when I was 64 years old. I'm 81 now. I was 64 oh, at no, that I'll time. Oh, no, I'll there, take your word for it. Did they actually send you to jail right at, then when you yes, did not sir. stand? They, no. The, they sent, uh, he sent us to jail the next day. Um, how did, he, that, how he, did he, that happen he, exactly? Well, okay, my son-in-law was going to, uh, to court, and we decided to go with him, just, you know, to show support Fidelity. for him. Sure. <clears throat> and I don't know why I didn't stand, I, I, but when when uh, this the bailiff came in and said, uh, everybody stand here, uh, the judge is coming in, and I, I thought to myself, stand? I'm, uh, they're telling me I have to stand? I don't think so. Right. And so I looked down the You're not a slave, down, are you? 
No, sir. Exactly. You know, and a and Christian, it, it, it's it's really very similar. I mean, you know, why not bow down in front of the judge? Oh, but the, I tell you what, uh, the Dallas Morning News uh, put an article in the Dallas Morning News about just that thing, and uh, it's extremely interesting. Uh, but anyway, I looked down the seat, you know, the, uh, the pew or whatever you call it, yeah. the things, that, and uh, six more people, including my husband, had not stood. Hmm. I thought, well, and the the bailiff, the judge didn't notice that we hadn't stood, but the bailiff brought it to his attention, and so he wouldn't go on with the court hearing. He said we would come back the next day, and we would stand. Well, that night oh we got together and said, come on now. We're being ordered to do something that's totally, it's not a law in Texas or anywhere else. Who cares if it's a law? It. Who cares if it's a law? I mean, they can write well, whatever yeah. the hell they want down on their pieces of paper, but it should not yeah. make uh, make it so I have to obey the orders of just another man who happens to be wearing a robe. That Well, yeah. And so we went back the next day, and I knew we were in for it. We all knew we were in for it, but we said, now, come on, are we going to do, are we going to... Uh, Stand up for what we really believe, or I mean, sit down. Sit for down what for what you really believe, believe, yes. <laughs> or what? So we had the meeting that night, and they decided, no, we're we're going back to court, and we're not going to stand. So you'd have thought we were desperados. I'm right. telling you, every every that courtroom was absolutely packed with every law enforcement agency in the United States. Hmm. There were federal boys there. There were county and state. And you can't believe it. And they had each had uh, uh, six shooters on each hip, on each hip. Right. And and they wouldn't. They took all of our medicines from us. Uh, we knew that we were. But we really thought that they might hold us for you know a couple of hours or something. But he sentenced us uh, for contempt of court, and admitted it was not a law. And they put us in jail. Didn't give so me just, any of my medicine. They wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. He just sentenced you right there. You came into court. And, you didn't stand up, and he sentenced you instantaneously to 15 days of jail. No trial. No, nothing no, like that. No, no, 30. 30 no, he sentenced 30. us to 30. Sorry about that. 30 and, days. And, there was no trial. We, it was that, just him. Him just just delivering that edict. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And I and I want to tell you something else. We were very quiet. We didn't make any uh, commotion, whatever. In fact, commotion was made more by the television people and the mm -hmm. law enforcement, so-called. Uh, believe you me, they enforced uh, 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 wasn't a law. Let me see if They're I can let me see if I can recap this for anybody just tuning in. We're talking with uh, with Joe in West Virginia. You're 81 years old right now. This happened to you when you were 64. And extremely ill, yes, sir. You were a judge sentenced a 64-year-old woman without a trial to 30 days in jail for having the courage to not stand up when His Highness walked into the courtroom. That's Precisely. what we're dealing with in this country right now. You know what, Joe? You are a spunky old lady, and I really, uh, really enjoyed your phone call. Did you? Have well, I else? want to tell you one other thing. Yeah. I have been to political meetings with, uh, in the presence of. Ron Paul, hmm. numerous times in Texas when he was running on independent party. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you he has never changed. Are you hearing me? Never. He is the same today as he was back then. I believe you. Only, uh, things have gotten so much worse. They have just, it just, I hate to tell you this, honey, hmm. but hmm. we're, we're gone. And I mean, we've been gone many years, many years. But we are gone. You I'm meaning the fight. freedom in America? 
sir. When you say we, do you mean the, the freedom in America? Absolutely. Yeah. You're not free in the least. And I want to tell the West Virginia people something before I get off the air. Sure. There is a man running for governor of this state. His name is Butch Paul. He's a preacher, and he's out of Nettie, West Virginia. And he uh, uh, he vows that he will protect the borders of West Virginia if anybody tries to come in this state, uh, uh, you know, with guns and so forth. Well, and I, that's not all. Good luck that's for that. All. I don't think that you can trust the government to do anything right. But, hey, you know what, Joe? Great call, and thank you for making it. We really appreciate your story and hope to hear from you again. What a spunky old lady, Mark. You've got to love that. It was certainly an interesting story, and, uh, well, she likes my president for candidates, so. 1-800-259-9231. I don't know anything about that governor candidate. He sounds a little questionable, but otherwise, I you can know. take control and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. Sankle, CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. Live streams are there. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. As we go to the phones and right to the fun, let's talk to Dave in California. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Great, Good, What's on your mind? Well, i got a couple things, actually three, real fast. One, the Pentagon Memorial I just heard spoken about on uh, USA Radio today hmm. during the break. I didn't hear it, but okay. Well, apparently, it? it's going to be nothing but high-level Pentagon officials and... I expect selected family members. Wouldn't it be wonderful if one of those family members just decided to say, you know what, Rumsfeld and Myers and the rest of you, Joint Chiefs of Staff, what are you even doing here? Yeah. You know, this is obviously just a way of trying to control the argument out in front of the Pentagon, like they would like to control the argument in New York City, and they're failing. Slow down a second, Dave. I don't. I didn't listen to the news break, so I don't know what you're referring to. Are they going to have a monument to bureaucrats? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, kind of like that. Well, you know, the 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 heads of the Pentagon, and I I expect selected families of the 9/11 victims are going to be at the Pentagon for a special private, totally private memorial. Tomorrow. Oh, I see. I see. What, so, what a convenient way to control the crowd, eh? Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, so I got something to say uh, yeah. briefly. Oh, and also I want to salute Joe for her service to the to the country and for her friend's service to the country. Way to go, ma'am. Way to go. What you, when uh-huh. you're saying service to the country, you mean by not standing for the judge? Yes, by, yes. by standing on her principles, <laughs> like okay. we all should be doing. Or sitting on them, as she put it. So, uh, point number three? Uh, right, sitting. Okay, so uh, yesterday at 1.30 on the west northwest coast, I got on KMUD Radio. It's, uh, my name is Dave Short, and uh, he was going to uh, interview another guest who didn't show up. So uh, I took over on the 9-11 truth aspect of it, which is what he wanted. And I've, I've got it here. It's queued up, ready to go. I don't I'll, I'll, know. I'll, what, wait, you're not going to play audio. No, there's are you? no swearing. 
There's no swearing. There and uh, all strictly. Yeah, but Dave, I think you you got the. I mean, have you listened to Free Talk Live before? And I've spoken to Alex Jones many times. That's good. Good for you. Now, have you listened to Free Talk Live before? Yes, sir. So and you, I ex- we, you can talk about anything you want, correct? You can talk about anything you want, but I, you can't I get on the airplane. You can't get on the airplane. Audio trouble. clips, Dave. And I wouldn't. Okay, fine. Yeah. But well, I, I can do it live. How I about if I just do it right now? You can, but we'll have to go to the next call. Thanks for the okay. call, Dave. We I'm appreciate a... it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can listen to your own audio on your own time. <laughs> no, and I think that he was going to do something live. He was going to oh, say something. Maybe he had poetry or something. Well, he said he was going to play something live, so whatever. Anyway, I don't really... You know, we rehashed this 9-11 thing to death on Friday night. So if you want to listen to what Free Talk Live thinks about the whole conspiracy theory deal, then go listen to Friday's show online at freetalklive.com. In the meantime, we'll go to a different Dave. This Dave is in New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Uh, truthers. Yeah. I'm glad they don't trust the government, but they don't get much done, do they? Well, I don't know if they don't trust the government, Dave, because remember, the, the truthers, they want the government to bring the government up on charges. So well, it's uh, like they think the government can do certain things for them. They but don't all think that. They just don't They don't know. I mean, they, they know that they believe that something's gone wrong with 9-11 and the Twin Towers, and it's some kind of government conspiracy. There's an inside job. But how we're going to fix it is really amorphous. And, yeah, and, they, they, you know, they can't even put their finger on it. You asked one of them on Friday if he had a plan. Like, what say all 300 million Americans actually get to see the new 9-11 Truth movie, whatever it is, and uh, and then they're, they're, their minds are open to this whole 9-11 Truth thing. That's what the truthers want, is to you know open people's minds allegedly to this. Then what's the end game? What's going to happen? And the dude had no idea. He didn't know. He just said, well, something will happen. No, sorry, it won't. I mean, even if you do get the uh, president brought up on charges, then that just clears room for another uh, corrupt person to be put in his place. And the, the truthers are, will tell you that they're all controlled, right? They'll tell you that they control the elections. And right. they control the, the Illuminati and right. the Skull and Bones Society right. gets all these people in charge. So what's the point? Anyway, Dave, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was going to talk about uh, some civil disobedience that's going to be going on in Keene, New Hampshire on oh. September 17th and 18th. Lovely Keene, uh, our hometown. Correct. Cat. Uh, Canning, uh, wife of Russell Canning, uh, went into an IRS office and got arrested basically for just refusing to leave. She just yes. sat there. I was there. Um, I was there when it happened. Yes, and she did it. You know, essentially an imitation of her husband who was arrested for it a year ago, and an imitation of me who was arrested for handing out flyers. Uh, basically, ha- arrested for right. handing out flyers in an IRS office uh, later. Uh, but so uh, she and then one other person. So I guess there's four of us now that have gone in and done this. I don't think they figured uh, it out yet, Dave. I mean, if they would just stop arresting us, then uh, they'd get less, pu- you know, there'd be less publicity and less people probably going to uh, to get arrested. I, I think that they, do- they don't understand that what we're looking for is them to take action like that. And they're, they're sort of giving us exactly what we want. Yeah. So she, she, you know, went and got arrested, you know, inside the IRS office, and then now she's refusing to go to court right. uh, on her September 17th court date. So the expectation is at some point they'll come to her house or try to arrest her or whatnot. Well, she like you, they gave her a $120, $125 fine. Actually, no, I saw the ticket. It was a $100 ticket with a $25 processing fee on it. So you actually showed up in court and tried to make an argument to the judge, which she didn't really want to listen to that uh, that closely. Uh, and then they ended up putting you in jail for four or five days for also not wanting to pay a similar fine. She does not want to pay the fine, and she doesn't want to go to court. Correct. 
so at some point they're going to do something. Now, I don't know that they're going to actually arrest her right in front of us while she's there protesting, but she just announced she was going to be protesting at the IRS office the day after she's supposed to be in court mm-hmm. after refusing to go to court. So she's just not going to go there. They're going to have to drag her there. Gotcha. And I, I plan on being out at this one. I know you're going to be there as well uh, with a with a video camera, and I'll be there with my camera. And I think we're going to have another guy with a video camera. So I think we're actually going to set a record uh, for for the most video cameras at a <laughs> New Hampshire activism event, <laughs> which I'm yeah, excited I, about. Yeah, I do. If, if folks want to do anything about this, I'd say just head to nhfree.com and, and their forums and just kind of catch up on what the nhfree.com uh, forums have to say about this and. There'll be some action items there and stuff that you can do to, to uh, make Cat sacrifice more worthwhile. She is uh, an amazingly brave, courageous lady, and uh, I'm proud to uh, stand by and, and, and be there to observe everything and videotape and document and talk about it on the show. Dave, thanks for bringing that forward, and I, I know we'll talk more after the event, which is next week. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231 to Tom, also in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up a point about the Battle of Trenton. Battle of Trenton? Is this uh, the capital of New Jersey, Trenton? Uh, Yeah. Okay. During the Civil War? No, it sounds like Mm -hmm. the Revolutionary War. Nice, nice trying to, uh, the Civil War. Anyway, uh, during the Revolutionary War, on the the night of 25 December 1776, uh, Washington knew that the Hessians in Trenton would be like drunk as a skunk celebrating Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was such a stormy night and everything that they were not expecting to be attacked by Washington. I want you to See? finish the story here in moments. Hang on, Tom, in New Hampshire. And you know what? From time to time when Tom calls in, other people want to ask him questions. So if you've ever wanted to talk to Tom in New Hampshire, you better get on your phones right quick. 800- Tom's quick on his feet. 259-9231. Uh, this is your show, and of course you can bring up anything. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. We'll find out more about the Battle of Trenton in moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. In your show, you bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site, we give them away. You can sign up for the updates, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Get on the list by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. D2Z.org. Let's go back to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you were beginning to tell us a story about the Battle of Trenton. You were saying that it was uh, Revolutionary War times, and it was George Washington, apparently, right? Yeah. That had decided to to attack the German Hessians and uh, go after them when they were drunk because it was, what was it, uh, Christmas? Christmas? Yeah, it was the night of uh, December 25th, 1776. The actual crossing on a stormy night uh, is depicted on the back of the quarter, the, the quarter that uh, features New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Washington crossing, even though uh, you can't really tell whether he's in, still in Pennsylvania or whether he's already in the New Jersey half of the river. Okay, but, I don't think it's really that relevant. But uh, So what about the story? What happened? Well... Uh, they, the Haitians were like, some of them were passed out drunk. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were real hungover, and they totally were not expecting 
an attack. And so they got clobbered. And the trick there was to clobber them when they weren't ready and when they were not expecting it. See, sure. That, that, that was really smart. Good you tactics. Know, this, country, this country needs smart people like that, you know? Yeah, I would concur. We need smart people. I'm with you, Tom. Thank you for the story. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. He should have turned that into... I could have sworn he was going to turn that into some sort of cop-killing advocacy thing. <laughs> well, we probably we just didn't, didn't give him quite long enough. We didn't give him enough time. He paused too long and gave me the opportunity to go to the phones and to Joe in New York. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Joe in New York, going once. Joe in New York, going twice. Mark, Ian. Hello, Joe. Hello. What's on hey, your mind? Hey, guys, how are you? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, I wanted to uh, touch on the opening topic from Saturday's show, the uh, Apple monopoly. Yeah, these, uh, sub, some absurd group of lawyers is claiming that Apple has a monopoly because the iPod won't play uh, the Microsoft WMA music format, which is just uh, just an incredibly uh, laughable assertion. Yeah, right. And like you said, it, it goes back to, you know, uh, uh, Sony uh, with the uh, VHS versus Betamax and... Even right now, you could compare uh, Blu-ray to HD DVD. Mm-hmm. There's going to be format wars in any type of digital media, and to accuse one company of saying they have a monopoly just because their format's more popular to another is ridiculous. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm going to say I love iPod, I love iTunes. If it weren't for them, I would have never found your show. Mm. Um, but I also want to, uh, just to throw it back in their faces, is that if it were true that Apple had a monopoly over... Um, digital distribution of music. Right. Whereas, uh, you know, if their AAC files are not compatible with any other MP3 player and vice versa. Just recently, uh, Universal and uh, and NBC have both pulled their content from the iTunes store because uh, they, they feel that uh, it's just, it's not doing it for pricing. The the, the marketing just isn't there. Mm-hmm. And if if Apple truly had a monopoly, then they wouldn't have content distributors pulling out. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no way that anyone could really claim that Apple has. It's a monopoly. just a bunch of lawyers who want to cash in on uh, Apple's uh, good fortune, and uh, of course. Microsoft's probably funding them from the back. Side. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I don't think that's right. the case here. I mean, the Microsoft. I mean, either way, in order to qualify as a monopoly, either as you said, the government would have to, you know, sanction exclusivity for that company in a given market, or a company would have to use their influence in one market to gain an advantage in another. Uh, case in point, a couple years ago, an antitrust suit was brought against Microsoft because they were bundling Internet Explorer with the Windows operating system, and the argument was that. Microsoft already had a huge advantage in the operating system market, and by uh, bundling Internet Explorer with there, they were shutting out any other uh, Internet browser. Yeah, another absurd, another absurd advantage. argument. Except they, uh, the court actually fa- uh, actually ruled against Microsoft in that case, which was sad because once again, that's just competition. That's just Microsoft uh, using their existing business structure to promote one of their products, and uh, the the whiners that were out there that. Uh, that were that were suing Microsoft. I think Sun and IBM were involved in that uh, in that lawsuit. You know, then they ended up after it was I think it was that lawsuit that actually encouraged Microsoft to create its own lobbying division. Before that, they didn't have a lobbying division, and now they do. And so now Microsoft is is far more heavily involved in politics than they ever were in the past because those idiots brought that lawsuit against them. And uh, so no, they weren't being a monopoly in that particular case either. 
I'm not saying if they were or weren't, but uh, I would definitely agree with you guys that uh, Apple is definitely not being a monopoly in this right. case. You've got to have 100% market share, and it has to be coercively held in order for it to be a monopoly. Anything else is simply the market at work. Joe, thanks for the call. We appreciate it, man. Thank you, guys. 800-259-9231. Even if you're – I mean, competition, while it's tough, and it can be you know rough stuff if you're one of the competitors – if you're competing with someone, then there's no way there's a monopoly. As any time there's competition out there, you can't possibly make the claim that the competitor is a monopoly or is Apple ap- acting monopolistic. Everybody wants to get as much market share as they possibly can get. That doesn't make them monopolistic. That makes them competitive. What's wrong with that? You know, um, there's all kinds of... If you just look at the department stores, how many of them have gone out of uh, you know business in our lifetime? Do you remember Zaire? Yeah, Zaire's, yeah. Was it Zaire's? I think Zaire's. It had a Z, an S at the end of it. Wasn't yeah. there a Woolworths? Woolworths was huge. That was they were the the domination uh, dominator of. Wasn't uh, there a Woolco too? Perhaps I'm not sure about that. I mean, there's there's all kinds of uh, you know stores about Moz Brothers. I think you'll probably yeah, Moz Brothers is gone. Um, as is Belk Lindsay. These might all be southern stores too. I mean, who I, knows what what happens over on the west coast? I, mean, I don't this know. Is all from but, our being raised in Florida, you know, some it's, some stores can handle competition. Some places can, some businesses can handle competition. Some of them can't. You know, they they do good for a little while, then they go away. You know. That's just the way things go. Yeah, and I'm not going to shed any tears over not being able to shop at Zares anymore. I don't remember what it was like. It's it, just another department store. Yeah. So not a big deal. You either roll with the changes, you adjust your business according to what consumers want, or you go out of business. And that's okay. It's okay for businesses to go out of business because the reason they're going out of business is because consumers weren't shopping there. Or they were shopping there and they weren't being satisfied. Or whatever. So it's a good thing. We want businesses to go under so they can be replaced by new businesses being run by people with new ideas Mm. entering in the marketplace. The marketplace just uh, causes businesses to evolve. The only time that you'll ever have a monopoly is when the government has approved it. The only time when you're ever going to have a department store, one choice of department stores... Let's say Walmart is the only department store option in America. The only way that could ever happen is with the full blessings of the state, with the government backing up Walmart's monopoly with guns. Whereas if you and I, Mark, decided we were going to get some investors and go and get a storefront and start selling our own clothing and home center items and that sort of thing in a department store fashion, then the government goons showed up with guns to stop us. That would be a monopoly. Right. Because in the free mar- in the marketplace, even in a semi-free marketplace that we live in, we still have the ability to start up our own departments. Right. Store. If you want to know what a monopoly um, looks like, because a lot of people don't know what a monopoly looks like. They think Walmart's a monopoly. They think that uh, Microsoft's a monopoly. Right. They, Sorry, they think that no. Standard Oil was a monopoly. Yeah. No, none of those were monopolies. It's a misuse of the term propagated by our government school system out there, you know, that uh, misinforms people. A monopoly looks like your cable company, your electric company, your water company, your garbage collection company. Mm-hmm. Not in every community, um, you know, in every state or anything like that. Right. But one of those four things likely is a government-instituted monopoly. It could very well be a private company that's providing the service, but if you have nowhere else you can go to and if you can't start your own competition to that private company, then you have a monopoly. The power company, I think, is probably the most uh, static example nationwide. There are very, very few places that actually have a choice. 
for another alternative power company. I think it does. It, it is the case in a few places in America. I don't know where they are. I'd love to learn more about what that's like to live in a place like that. I think it'd be pretty cool, actually. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves, even in these remaining moments. Todd at Michigan wants to tell us about Ron Paul's performance tonight on the Bill O'Reilly Show. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. We only have a few moments remaining, but just enough time for your call. If you make it now at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's on our site are for free. Now, if you like our show, you like the website, you want to help support us, then you should go shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link... Free Talk Live will get a percentage of virtually anything you purchase, whether it be one of their new items from their 41 categories, huge selection of products, or one of their used items. We'll get a percentage if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You've got to do the shopping anyway. You might as well send a cut to uh, to Free Talk Live because the prices aren't any lower if you enter the Amazon th- site through the normal means. So go through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Same great deals, except we get a cut. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Let's go to the phones and talk to Todd in Michigan. Todd, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. What's up? What's on your mind, Todd? Well, um, I saw Ron Paul on the O'Reilly Factor tonight on Fox News. How'd it go? I wanted to see that, but obviously... Uh, You know something? Uh, I sent uh, copies of the videos to you guys uh, so that you guys can watch that. But anyway, getting right into it, Ron Paul did a great job um, on on his thoughts on, on, on the, uh, the violence and insurgency going on in Iraq. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, um, O'Reilly was trying to uh, downplay the whole uh, New York Times photo about, you know, General Petraeus or General Betraeus, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was the caption on the photo in the New York Times. But okay. basically what he was trying to do was he was trying to uh, take issue with Ryan on, well, Iran. The reason why um, his um, the reason why 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 Iran won't attack us, and and O'Reilly was trying to make it sound like, well, yes, they're going to attack us. They're going to do. Um, they're going to have these weapons programs and all that crap. And right. I listened to the whole thing. The fear mongering. How long? Was yeah, Ron the fear mongering, and he was trying to make it out to be something that it wasn't. And Ron did his, did the best he possibly could to. Uh, um, to actually debunk him, and, and I thought Ron did a great job. But O'Reilly, I mean, he is just one of these fear-mongering neocons, and he was trying to make Ron look like an idiot on the on the airwaves, which uh, which I think backfired him. And uh, of course, he concluded the entire interview saying, "Well, thank you again, Congressman. It was such a lively debate." And I'm thinking to myself, it wasn't a debate. It was nothing even close to being a debate. It was nothing more than just uh, trying to trade it. Barbs with uh, the, uh, with Ron on a very important issue that O'Reilly didn't even want to talk about. How long did they have him on for? Five minutes. Uh, it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. And did was... did he even let uh, Ron get a word in edgewise? Because Ron is such a you know such a nice old gentleman when he's he... when he's confronted with a, a a rude talk show host like a Sean Hannity or a Bill O'Reilly, uh, and they're trying to talk all over him. He'll usually just let them. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, O'Reilly kept interrupting him constantly. I mean, uh, Ron, um, you know, um, he, he goes, well, um, I voted, you know, for us getting into Afghanistan to find al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. And, of course, uh, O'Reilly was trying to spin that, saying, well, well, wait a minute. So, um, you know, we were tr- 
trying. I mean, that's not what we were trying to do in Iraq. Um, we didn't. We, we couldn't get in there, and he tried to put his reasons in there. And and I thought to myself, this guy is such a spinmeister. I mean, he, you know, we Todd, um, Todd, we had somebody on uh, earlier tonight who said that the first time that he'd ever heard about Ron Paul was uh, the first Republican debate. Right. That went on, and then uh, the the subsequent interviewing of Ron Paul by Sean Hannity th- that evening. Right. And the way that Sean Hannity han- and he said he was a Fox News guy, and right. you know he listened to Sean Hannity and on that whole thing, and he he said the way that Sean Han- Hannity handled Dr. Paul really rankled him enough that he would go on the internet and start looking up this guy, and he became a Ron Paul fanatic based on <laughs> that interview. So I think there's a lot of people out there that are going to be like. Why does Bill O'Reilly keep talking over this guy? Right. Yeah, I think you're right. I yeah. think this, uh, that if they keep treating him uh, with such disrespect, it's going to maybe shove some of their existing listeners or viewers <laughs> into uh, to learning more about Ron Paul because uh, they probably, yeah. you know, the, the the O'Reilly watchers and the Hannity viewers probably love O'Reilly and Hannity, and then when they see them treating yep. somebody in this way that otherwise is making sense to them, uh, that might just be enough to wake them out of their slumber and have them go investigate liberty, which uh, thanks for bringing that up, and I'm sure our listeners will be able to grab the uh, the video uh, off the Ron Paul websites tomorrow. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. Uh, you sh- you can usually get this stuff from either ronpaulhq.com or .org. ronpaulhq.com, I believe. And then there's also the Daily Paul, which is dailypaul.com. I think those are two of the more up-to-date up to websites. If you actually just rely on the Ron Paul website, they only update that like once a, every couple of days or mm. something. So uh, anyway, 800-259-9231. Let's continue with the phone calls and talk to Eddie in Ohio. Eddie, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, did you want to know where there was a place where there was possibly two electric companies to choose from? I would love to know that. Cleveland, Ohio. Really? How's That's it working? Yeah. Cleveland, Ohio has Cleveland Public Power. It's a government-run, city-run power company. Okay. And then there's uh, CEI, which is, a pri- which is a private company that does all of northeastern Ohio and then some. Well, Cleveland Public Power, which is government-run, is actually cheaper. Now, why is that? By, by 20%. Why is that? Uh, I, I really couldn't tell you. Subsidized? Well, I've been, uh, I've been with Cleveland Public Power for 20-some years. But, um, you know, generally a um, private company, when put up against a government um, organization, when all things being equal... That it the, the private company is going to smoke the government organization every time because the the government organization doesn't have the same um, you know motivations that the private company does. Well, what the city says is they're able to buy electricity in large quantities, so they're supposed, they're able to get it cheaper, so they can sell it to the city of Cleveland residents cheaper than CEI. Can. How could the um, company that's uh, the largest? You know, you said it was uh, northeastern Ohio and some. Um, how could they not buy it in the same quantities that uh, Cleveland? Uh, well, you know, if uh, CEI, if Cleveland Public Power was in all of northeastern Ohio, then they would have they would be able to um, supply electricity to say three and a half million people. But since they're only in the city of Cleveland, mm-hmm. they only supply it to a possible four hundred thousand people. Now, is, now so is there any chance they're, they're that um, is there any chance that Cleveland uh, the Cleveland public um, owns the power lines in Cleveland and therefore the power company uh, what, yes. CSI or what CIE or whatever it was has to um, rent the lines from them in order to get power to people? In no, the- CEI is in your backyard and Cleveland Public Powers, which is the city um, power lines, are in the front yard. Oh, so they they, they, they actually have, have two sets of two lines. Sets of lines. lines yes. Wow, that's amazing. Now, why would anybody choose the CEI over the public? Public power, if there's such a price disparity. Well, they use the excuse that um, the Cleveland-run power 
company, Cleveland Public Power, mm. their electricity goes out more often than uh, CEI. So they don't want their electricity to go off five times a year compared ah. to CEI only going out one or two times a year. So the pa- the private power company is more reliable, and yes. presumably if power does go down, they're probably f- a far more Johnny on the spot to actually bring the power back online. Yeah, but I, 25 years, I don't really worry too much about that. Well, for somebody like me who, uh, I mean, I've got things running 24 hours a day, power is pretty important for me. But also, I think that there's some probably some unspoken things going on behind the scenes. Even though there are two separate uh, lines that are being run, it's probably the case that the government power company is exempt from certain regulations, I would imagine. I mean, they could probably pass all kinds of regulations on the private company that they have to, you know, hoops they have to jump through, whereas the government doesn't have to do that sort of thing. And it's also probably the case that the, you know, the government's uh, probably also get some other perks from being the government like like the post office they don't have to pay rent better the bond and credit yeah, exactly they don't have to pay rent yeah so there's there's different factors in play there but that's fascinating so is that our cei's lines throughout the entire city of cleveland yeah they're out there through their entire city and then they're all in northeastern ohio where cleveland public power is just mainly in the city of cleveland itself okay very interesting thank C-E-I. you I, I all right man do, take care i'm gonna look into that some more thank you for the call eddie 800 259 9231. So it can be done. It can be done. There can be more than one power company. Oh my gosh, Mark, what a paradigm shift for us. We've we've now experienced that there can be more than one trash company. When we moved up here to Keene, we discovered that it is possible to have private trash pickup. Uh, now we've discovered that in Cleveland, you can actually have two different power companies. In some areas, you can actually have two different cable companies. Well, in Texas, I know that you can choose between 20 different power companies, but they all come down the same lines, which essentially is one company one owns the lines, and, and then that. you know it's yeah. twenty companies that can bill you for the power. So uh, that's not quite the um, same as Cleveland, and I think that's a very interesting system. Also, there must be some other reasons why people are choosing the private company in Cleveland, because if it were just that their power only goes out a couple few you know a few more times a year on the government system that wouldn't really be enough to motivate most people so there's got to be something about it if it went out for it. a period of time it really would be an issue still though there's got to be something about the private company that puts it that makes it worth paying 20% more for what is it about them is it the customer service what is it about that company because they're there and they've spent the money to put all those lines up, so they must have at least a decent number of customers running on their system, right? Mm-hmm. Why do they choose the private option? That's what I want to know. So if you live in Cleveland, shoot us an email or give us a call tomorrow. Uh, we have to get to this fast food thing. I know we promised it for tonight. We'll mark it and do it tomorrow night because it is unbelievable. Los Angeles looking at banning fast food restaurants. We'll tell you more about that. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com, and we'll see you tomorrow night. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.